Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Dancing on the line of cancellation since 2017. Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast, everybody. I'm your co-host, Joel. Cheese is good for you, Cheeseman. And I'm Chad, the stranger, so wash. And on this week's show... The shopping spree continues in TA Tech. LinkedIn wants a piece of the gig economy pie. And heroin supports a sound work-life balance. Who knew? What? You already know that Sovereign makes the world's best resume CV parser. But did you know that Sovereign also makes the world's best AI matching engine? Only Sovereign's AI matching engine goes beyond the buzzwords. With Sovereign, you control how the engine thinks. With every match, the Sovereign Engine tells you what matched and exactly how each matching document was scored. And if you don't agree with the way it scored the matches, you can simply move some sliders to tell it to score the matches your way. No other engine on earth gives you that combination of insight and control. With Sovereign, matching isn't some frustrating black box, trust us, it's magic, one-shot deal like all the others. No. With Sovereign, matching is completely understandable, completely controllable, and actually kind of fun. Sovereign, software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Sun is, sun is shining in the Midwest. Feels good. This is this is going to be our feel-good episode, okay? The last one, Salty. we were cranky, we were all pissed off, but I am determined to make this a feel-good episode. And that being said... yeah. Sometimes I, mm-hmm. I would say throughout the day, I just have happy songs pop into my head. Does that ever happen to you? That sounds a little psychotic, but yeah, sometimes songs pop the, into my head. Then, yes. then it is. Then when, it is. When there's room for the voices <laughs> to stop talking to me, yeah, the music so comes. One popped into my head today. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Stevie Wonder's Sir Duke. That is one that pops into my head frequently. And I think it's because it was played on the radio so much when we were little kids. It was probably drowned into my head. But I just love that song. What song just kind of like it's a happy song that kind of like pops into your head out of nowhere. So as both of us are young children of the 70s, uh, (laughs) I I have a I have a, uh, a, you know, a favor for um, the 70s disco. So for me, it's a little. uh, Sister Sledge, Ooh. little good times. Yeah. Although the actual show, Good Times, was great. Uh, there is also 
Wang Chung tonight. I guess if you're <laughs> if you're rolling into the eighties, yes. uh, you know everybody Wang Chung for a good time. But yeah, songs are great, and the older you get, the more li- the bigger the library gets, and it's it's all good. And dude, Spotify is my my best friend right now. Podcasts. Uh, music. I mean, I sit probably half an hour on Spotify looking through like albums and shit, liking things and just that whole signal liquidity that Spotify has on me right now is crazy. Are you you a subscriber then to Spotify? Okay. Are you a Joe Rogan listener occasionally? I can't, I can't listen to Joe Rogan. They're like three hour podcasts. Number one, I would have to split it up. Number two, he's just a fucking whack job. (laughs) He's a different cat for sure. But uh, he's a rich, different cat. Yeah, it's good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 we got to have some good feel good shout outs, I guess, to start the show. Oh, yeah. So I want to start out with the feel good of I just saw this morning and did a little research of over 100 migrant children are being united with their families. And this is only the first month of Biden being in office. I I think people across the globe, let alone us here in America, uh, watching that happen in our country, that made me feel good this morning. Definitely feel good. So we've talked a lot about corporations and vaccine and should yeah. they require it? What should they do? So so Publix, your new favorite uh, grocery store since Kroger uh, rubbed you the wrong way. Let's put it uh. that way. Uh, they're offering a one hundred and twenty five dollar gift card <laughs> to employees that get the vaccine. And, and gift card sounds a little cheesy, but hell, they'll probably spend the money at Publix anyway with their employee discount. So yeah. Publix, way to go, man. Yeah. Incentivize that vaccine because we all need the shot. Yes. Incentive is smart. People living on essential, uh, essential worker wages need food, go figure. And Publix probably doesn't want their employees spending uh, just some old gift card at Piggly Wiggly. So, you know. (laughs) Does Piggly Wiggly still exist? I have no fucking clue. (laughs) One of my favorite brands. It's actually a really interesting uh, short sell story uh, from like the 30s or 40s. So in lieu of the GameStop drama that we just lived through, if you want a historical perspective on short selling, uh, Google Piggly Wiggly short sell and you'll get a, a good story. Well, and this answers your question, yeah, which was, will employers pay employees to get vaccinated? Target is providing four hours of pay and free rideshare rides for workers to get vaccinated. Grocery store chains, uh, L-I-D-L, Little, I guess, Mm. I don't fuck, I've never heard of it. And Aldi are also giving employees paid time off to get the coronavirus vaccine. Uh, Instacart's going to give their their quote-unquote staff $25 stipend. So it is happening. And this this is a great way to just get these people to get the goddamn shot because we all need it. And and I'll take it if you won't. Yeah, and the, the, the time off is a big one because they're going to be in line for three, four hours to get this fucking thing in some places. Uh, By the way, Census Bureau survey that just came out, almost one quarter of Americans said they don't plan to get vaccinated. What the fuck, America? Well, after that uh, $125 Piggly Wiggly card, I bet they they do. (laughs) 
Oh, what else in shout outs? Uh, who, who else besides Kroger rubbed you the wrong way? We got thrown under the bus, which was really interesting. The double decker bus specifically. <laughs> and we we're actually called out on Facebook. Bill Borman. There's a new podcast, right? Yeah. They promoted it with basically a Mount Rushmore, old Willie Nelson album cover uh, yeah. design with, let's be honest, four middle-aged white dudes as yeah. sort of the future yeah. set. And some, I think it was Marin Hogan and some other women called him out like, oh, yeah. you know, more white dudes on a podcast. Fantastic. And, yeah. uh, and they projected <laughs> or they deflected that on us. You and I, Joel, we talk about this in getting interviews. We talk about who we should schedule, why we should schedule, who we think are fun topics, that kind of thing. Sure. And I've talked, I've talked to Matt Alder about this, who was also one of the uh, individuals who was run over by the Borman bus. <laughs> But so we are we are constantly looking at trying to find individuals, especially females, because females, they don't come to us. I have and we have probably hundreds of males who come to us on, you know, month after month after month trying to pitch why they should be on the podcast, whether it's their Mm -hmm. brand, their product, whatever it might be. Females, on the other hand, they don't. They, mm-hmm. they they're generally not coming to us, so I guess they're they're looking for us to to find them, whether it's on a list or or something like that. So you know, message to all you females out there: we'd love to be able to have you pitch us on why you want to be on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you don't want to be on the show, that's cool too. That means you don't have to pitch us. But overall, if you want to get your your voice amplified, your brand amplified, all these things, it's really easy to get a guy on because they're all over the fucking place selling themselves. And I'm not saying that you have to be crazy about selling yourself, but at least have uh, some type of pitch and push it out to podcasts. And we're not saying that we're just automatically going to have you on because you're a female. It has to be yeah. good content. I'd love to be able to talk to you because I'm spending time hours a week looking for individuals to make our podcast more equitable. And this year so far, we have nine interviews, five of which are female. So, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to keep that balance and trying to be smart about it. Yeah. So three things on this one is, uh, it's, it's much like my teen years, women ignore me. So I'm sort of (laughs) used to it. Secondly, although the, the professional quality of this podcast is above, you know, uh, you know, the average podcast, uh, we have no production team. We have no staff. It's just us. And we have other things going on. Like we don't have a team getting guests for the show. And then lastly, uh, it would be much different if a female came at us about female representation. The fact that it's a white British dude doesn't really keep me up at night. So that's three things. And Bill, love him to death. Uh, super charitable guy. We just we thought we'd have some fun with with his calling us out on this on this issue because we we I think we're pretty proud actually of the representation that we give to a broad spectrum of folks across the board on our show. Yeah, and can we do better? Always. There's no sure. question. Help us. Help we- you. Yeah, help us help you. But overall, one of the things that we did create was a channel called FemAmp to be able to highlight and amplify all of the females who have uh, participated in interviews on Chad and Cheese. Mm -hmm. But again, uh, if, if you want on the show, that's awesome. Let us know. And then pitch us on what you'd like to talk about. Would love it. And then get ready for fun on the Chad and Cheese podcast. Or or a no, because it might (laughs) suck. 
<laughs> because if it sucks, you just say, I'm sorry. Trust me, I usually don't want to be on this show, so I forgive you if you don't want to be on this show either. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Events. Okay, real Events. quick. Oh, a good segue. We're going into uh, TNG and Ada Digital's Unbiased Day on uh, oh. March 18th. Yeah, so you can go to tng.se, just scroll down to the, uh, the, the painted lady, uh, register- it's free. Uh, some of your favorite people are going to be there from TNG and Ada Digital. I might be talking a little bit about uh, a, a robot, yeah. but for the most part, I'm going to be talking about bias and technology here in the United States. And I think that's pretty much going to translate abroad as well. But uh, Julie is going to be speaking. And so is Boss. I'm not even going to try your last name, buddy, because you always say I say it wrong. But so many uh, great speakers Asa, Sarah, Elin, and a whole host of crew. So go go to tng.se and register today. That, that was a great segue, and you didn't even plan on that. I don't think did. we didn't we didn't talk about it. If only we had a better segue into the first news story topics, which which we don't. But let's get into uh, some acquisition news. Our buddies at Recruitix acquired Reverse. Delta. Yes. I didn't know who Reverse Delta was. Uh, They're a London-based company that specializes in integrated recruitment websites, think jobs to web, I guess, and digital marketing, and is best known for its award-winning career site platform, (laughs) FX Recruiter. It's so famous that we've never heard of it. Anyway, uh, they tout themselves as a high-performance, mobile-first empowered recruitment website producer uh, built for exact fit with your business. This one's a little confusing to us. What are your thoughts? So I I love the name right out of the gate, reverse Delta, (laughs) because in business, many use the word Delta as a meaning for gap, whether it's a gap in sales, a gap in production, whatever, Mm -hmm. thus making reverse Delta a closed gap. Get it? Get it? Anyway. So yeah, dude, this is interesting. From a Mm -hmm. recruiting standpoint, I believe that in the candidate experience, many hiring companies have failed to provide a truly responsive and great experience. But I don't totally understand where this fits into Recruitix's bag of tricks. Are they hearkening to an SEO for jobs or jobs to web? Are our systems not yet evolved enough to already provide this type Mm -hmm. of functionality? Um, But then again, I remembered... Mona and Ryan and the whole creative KRT crew is over there. They're alive and well and kicking. So I'm wondering if they're not trying to go down the road of a radency like Talent Brew or a symphony like Smashfly X. Yeah. They've got the programmatic piece, right? Yeah. So does Radency, so does Symphony. Now they're backloading it with possibly the website piece. Are CRMs next? I mean, that that's the question. Are they really trying to compete in that segment? Yeah. So I've been reading press releases for a long time now. Uh, I've written <laughs> I've written my own uh set of them as well. And there there are sort of three telltale signs of a press release that should tell you how important the news is to the companies that are putting out the release. Number one is the length of the release. The longer the release, the more important uh, whoever is doing the acquisition thinks of the acquisition, right? This is like a Twitter feed. Yeah. Okay. This is like a three paragraph. Okay. We bought this company. Here's a quote from Recruitix CEO and we're done. Okay. So the, the length is important. If they don't disclose the terms, it wasn't enough money to 
talk about it. Um, so that's usually a little bit of a telltale sign. And then lastly, the transition information and what's happening to the people that are being acquired. Uh, we had a good laugh about job.com's recent acquisition and that the quote of the co-founders didn't even have their name. It just said, the co-founder <laughs> said, this release doesn't even have a quote from the, the CEO of the acquired company. There's nothing about anyone joining the board. There's nothing about they'll be our new product, our new product chief or anything like that. So I don't know how important or big a deal this thing is. Um, Reverse Delta was started in 2002, according to the the website. Mm -hmm. That's a long time to be in business. It it may just be a a situation of we're just tired. Competing is hard. This thing is getting to be a bitch. Like, let's find someone to put us out of our misery and just buy our clients and then put them on your platform. So I, I don't, uh, that's that's kind of my take on this. Uh, there there was no big splash on this news. It, it, it probably doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot other than Reverse Delta's clients will now be giving money to Recruitix instead of Reverse Delta. Do we know another brand in our space that holds their cards as close to the vest as Recruitix does? Paradox. Yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. So, but mo- most don't. I mean, that's the thing is that. I, I think Recruitix and their team, just from a culture standpoint, they reserve the right to tell you anything and they generally sure. don't tell you a goddamn thing. So the press release, yes, it was very Twitter-like. Uh, it was a tweet Cryptic. and there wasn't much there. <laughs> and that to me felt on purpose. So if I had done my homework better, uh, and again, we have other things going on other than the show, <laughs> but I would probably go back and look at other press releases that Recruitix uh, has dropped the KRT one comes to mind. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a different level. Though, different right level. There. So yeah. see, so there would be some trend of importance equals exactly mm-hmm. what's going on. But anyway, I think it's I think it's much ado about nothing, keeping with our London theme, and we'll <laughs> prove me wrong. Uh, Recruitix, tell us what's going on. Like to hear it. Oh, I love the intel. Another acquisition. Good God, the money is flowing. Phenom is spending cash. Phenom, Philly-based Phenom. We love yes. the Philly-based companies. Uh-huh. Uh, acquires Talent Cube. A little bit on that. Talent Cube, which I haven't heard of before. I don't know if you have either. Uh, is an experience-driven video technology company based in Germany, Munich. Uh, I've never been to Munich. Have you? Oh, yeah. Were you stationed there? I was not. I actually okay. went there with the family a couple of years ago. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. This is Phenom's third acquisition in five months, so they're a bit on a bit of a tear. The addition of Talent Cube's technology advances Phenom's ability to provide seamless video functionality, where we heard that before, at yep. every stage of the talent Journey. Phenom CEO Mahi Bareddy said, quote, Talent Cube's video platform inspires mutual trust throughout the talent lifecycle. Organizations can convey their mission through their employees' own voices, while job seekers can narrate their journey in a context that relates to recruiters and hiring managers. Stories resonate more deeply when we tell them face-to-face in real time or through automated video prompts. Our acquisition of Talent Cube will cultivate a stronger understanding between company and candidate. Again, stop me if you heard this one before. Phenom is on a tear. They've bought my ally in Q3 of last year in double Q3 
of last year, now Talent Cube. This acquisition is is easy to understand, unlike the Recruitix acquisition. (laughs) Um, Market validation, ISIMs planted their video flag in the ground with two separate acquisitions of Easy Recruit and and All True. Video is a part of the future of experience and engagement, no doubt. So this, to me, is a great acquisition from a capabilities and global standpoint. Obviously, this is their second global acquisition. So the big question for me is, when will Phenom raise again? And if they don't raise, who's targeting Phenom for acquisition? Ooh, I don't see them going public. No. So they got to sell to somebody. Hmm. And they have about $57 million in funding thus far. So I could see them raising, although I think right now with these these acquisitions, they would be ripe for acquisition themselves because they haven't taken that much money. Yeah. It's got to be a decent fish, though. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. That'll be interesting. Yeah. I'd say get more money and buy some more companies like. People are on clearance right now. Applicant tracking systems all over the world need to be looking at companies like Phenom. It's your own ATIC. Uh, go buy Lever. I hear they're I hear they're hurting. They need a buyer, from what I understand. Call Lever. Hurting for certain. Yeah, they replaced their CEO a few months ago. That that was very quiet. No no press releases are usually more revealing than press releases. This this makes total sense to me. Uh, video is hot. Work from home is hot. Uh, we talked about Paradox recently putting video into into their chat bot or conversational yep. AI. Smart. We talked about higher view buying. You know, Alio. So this is clearly a trend and. Phenom, you know, pimps themselves as the CRX, right? So it's all about the user experience and video is obviously a component of that. The work from home remote recruiting trend is not going to go away. Uh, so this makes perfect sense to me. And Talent Cube has kind of a funny, quirky uh, culture um, on their website and under the about us. Uh, under their values, one of them is make your mama proud, which I, I thought that was that was kind of funny. <laughs> make your mama proud. That's one of their values, one of their core values. So yeah, this makes total sense to me. Sounds like a a German core value that can expand throughout the universe, to be quite frank. (laughs) And always a chance to bring up Snatch and Zegemin's quote is always fun. Is it Tommy? Yeah, Tommy. What's this? You got to be protection. Protection from who? The Germans. Anyway, it's kind of a British show. It's a feel-good British show today. Uh, let's get away from that and go to Canada and get a quick word from JobAdX, and we'll talk about LinkedIn. You can count on JobAdX to be your force maximizer. Automate the details of your programmatic job ad distribution, candidate targeting, and budget management, so you can focus your energy on the big picture and human aspects of recruiting top talent. Reach relevant candidates effortlessly across 200 sites in the U.S. and Canada. Getting an influx of applicants already that just aren't the right fit? JobAdX presents your jobs to targeted candidates based on their job preferences to get granular. Now your advertising spend can go towards more relevant candidates, not just more applicants. What's more, your JobAdX programmatic campaigns now reach the government job bank systems in over 30 states, giving you centralized access to the majority of active job seekers eager to get off of unemployment and get back to work. Send us a note today with your unique challenge to see how we can help you in the new state of recruiting. Make the next step forward and start your results-focused campaign now at JobAdX.com. That's J-O-B-A-D-X.com. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating? 
manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions. And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text kernel uh-huh. brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text Kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey, kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> I just realized this is an Indeed free show. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome, <laughs> listeners. If you're sick of Indeed. But that being said, shout out to The Stranger. (laughs) A great album from the 70s, Billy Joel, by the way. An Austin family took in Chelsea Timmons, a delivery driver whose car nearly crashed into their home during a delivery run. Uh, Due to the weather, the family welcomed her to stay and it ended up being five days timmons who lives three hours away in houston said she makes weekly trips to austin because the delivery market there pays more chelsea picked up one last delivery on sunday as the snow picked up thinking she would have time to make it home she didn't and she found herself with a nice austin family who took her in for five whole days Nice. Uh, and speaking of strangers, oh, good uh, Matt Charney, buddy Hell of the show. Yeah. He knows the stranger. He's he's familiar. Uh, he joins Smart Recruiters, one of our faves, as the director of industry and product marketing. Matt, congratulations, buddy. Who, who, who came up with that title? Jesus, that's, uh, that's, Probably that's horrible. Probably Matt. <laughs> I'm only coming on if I'm the director of, I, I want to be the SVP of industry. and pro- No, you can be a director. Fine. Fine. Okay. Uh, and also speaking of lack of blood flow, LinkedIn went down this week uh, on Tuesday. I don't, know what, I don't know what recruiters were doing for that few hours that LinkedIn was down. But uh, I think I think recruiting still happened even with in with with LinkedIn not work. But they're back. They're back up. The blood is flowing now. And on the heels of Fiverr acquiring Working Not Working from last week's show, a somewhat bigger deal is, Mr. is happening at LinkedIn. Mr. Segway, you are. Good God. Uh, so LinkedIn is eyeing the gig economy. And who wouldn't? Uh, this is the biggest news since LinkedIn launched an ATS. Ha ha. The information. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll let that sink in for a second. All right, this was news out of the information. They said, quote, LinkedIn is developing a new service called Marketplaces. Stop me if you've heard that one before. To let its 740 million users find and book freelancers, pitting it against publicly traded firms such as Upwork and Fiverr, according to two people with direct knowledge of the matter. Marketplaces is slated to launch as soon as this September. Hmm. Upwork and Fiverr last year together generated about $550 million in revenue. So it's no shock that LinkedIn would would eye this this market. Uh, Facebook, as we also know, because we've talked about on the show, is looking at this, but more of a fix your plumbing perspective than go find a designer for your website. What do we think yes. about LinkedIn getting into the gig economy? Yeah, it's interesting. LinkedIn uh, generating $8.8 billion in revenues in 2020 mm-hmm. from subscriptions and selling jobs. Freelancers, they want freelancers to spend more time on LinkedIn. I'm trying, trying to think this through. Yep. LinkedIn would broaden their user base. It's current, somewhat developed tech to gobble up that $550 million and drive more, but I, I, I don't know. From from my standpoint, why wouldn't they just acquire someone? That's interesting. Uh, the valuation of those two companies has gone through the roof. I mean, this so the the, the marketplace uh, will sort of replace what they what, what they have now. It's called ProFinder. So ProFinder has been around for a long time. Um, it's it lets users post propose, proposals for jobs. Um, and then people can hire freelancers. Um, ProFinder also lets people contact freelancers directly, blah, blah, blah. But there's no sort of Fiverr-ish experience. There's no I don't five like stars, it. reviews. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. So it's, to me, it makes sense if what I think the hidden. OK, so there are a few things here, I think, that are that are cards on cards in LinkedIn's deck that can make it really formidable to Upwork and Fiverr. Number one is their acquisition of GitHub. If, if they can figure out a way to, to blend marketplaces with the GitHub community, then you've got a, a pool of like technical people that is probably unmatched by Fiverr or Upwork. Um, the other thing that would be interesting is if they if they went into, you know, Microsoft's treasure trove and either gave more money or more of a percentage or took less of a percentage for buyers could they could they roll in you know benefits to some degree maybe even healthcare on some level depending on the country i mean i think that with microsoft's you know bag of money there's some interesting things they could do to draw people away from upwork and fiverr and i think that github uh, universe community is really sort of an uh, untapped monster in terms of something like a gig economy marketplace. Yeah. If you're Microsoft and you have that kind of money, go find, doesn't go have to be, it doesn't have to be Upwork, doesn't have to be Fiverr. There are up and coming gig platforms that are out there that are gaining traction like our buddies, you know, at Communo. Obviously we just saw working, not working was acquired by Fiverr. They're out there. So go find something and buy it. They've been at this since October of 2019. I know that doesn't seem long, but overall, this is not your expertise, right? I do know that they bought some attorney uh, platform that was a gig platform Mm -hmm. years ago, and they have that CEO uh, driving this train. I think that's the wrong thing to do. You buy that shit 
when you're Microsoft. Yeah. Or you're so damn big, you think we can just do it ourselves. Sort of like, you know, Facebook in their marketplace. <laughs> anyway, anyway, next story. Really interesting. We enjoy this one. Uh, we don't need no stinking HR uh, out of out of London. Again, more England. Yeah. Actually, this is Manchester. I wonder if they know our buddies at uh, Carew. They probably Carew. do. Karu, uh, the BBC reports, uh, Greg Jackson is the founder and CEO of Octopus Energy. Uh, <laughs> some of you in the UK might be using the octopus to power your house. No Could one be. in Texas, no one in Texas is. Got no uh, shit. UK startup valued at more than $2 billion selling green energy. Despite now having more than 1,200 employees, Greg says he has no interest in traditional things like human resources or information technology departments. He says there's a tendency for large companies to infantilize their employees and drown creative people in process and bureaucracy. They want to stay away from that. No HR. I I like the sound of that. Your thoughts? (laughs) This CEO... Uh, he has uh, actually run very small companies before, mm-hmm. right? So that's what he's used to. That's what he's comfortable with, right? So w- what he's doing is he's taking what he's comfortable with and trying to uh, apply it to something much larger. Uh, and overall, it won't work. <laughs> it, it won't. I mean, we were talking about a, a company that he says – Hey, look, we don't need HR to fix, you know, these squabbles and things. That's what the managers are for, right? Uh Well, for the most part, the managers are part of the fucking squabbles, right? You need to have somebody in there to be able to help you figure these things out. So not to mention, think about all the crazy paperwork HR has to do. Uh, What about, you know, hiring? I mean, there's Mm -hmm. so many things that HR, talent acquisition, those types of things have to do. Are you going to try to outsource all of that is is the first question. The second question is, once again, do you really believe that your managers can handle all of that shit? Because humans generally can't which is why yeah. you need an intermediary some somewhere right so i just think it's it's a guy who is a ceo of an organization who should have left or should leave now and just enjoy being you know chairman of the board yeah i don't think he's going anywhere uh he's clearly a pretty eccentric dude um if you yeah. go to his linkedin profile his headline reads due to volume of spam linkedin is not a good place to reach me uh <laughs> so he's sort of all over the place he thinks according to the article this approach allows companies to scale faster as well as making employees more self-reliant he tells a story about one of his first jobs uh at a school he told a 40 something woman sort of what to do and she put him in, put him in his place saying i've been here longer than you know you've been alive he was mansplaining yeah, it, it, and from that experience, he, he believes that's going to paint his entire profession for every company. <laughs> I think coffee shop was one of these businesses that he had, a little yeah. coffee shop. Yeah, this dude is a lawsuit away from having an HR department, trust me. like, yeah. And the bigger he gets, the more risk he puts his company at. I mean, if he has shareholders um, or anybody that's an adult in charge, like I can't believe this this hasn't happened yet. But yes, he is a law lawsuit away from uh, from having an HR department. So it's just a matter of time. It sounds good on paper, and the BBC yeah. will report it, but long term, it's a pretty bad decision. Risk mitigation. 
That's all I got to say. But talking about good decisions, let's hear from Jobvite, and then we'll talk about heroin and work-life balance. You know, Steve, it feels like we keep getting pushed to hire more and better candidates with no more budget. Right. I wish there was a way to get better results from what we're doing. Actually, I heard in an episode of Chad and Cheese about this framework from Jobvite. Oh yeah, Evolve. It's a technology agnostic framework to help TA teams get better results from their recruiting efforts. And we don't even have to be a Jobvite customer to use it. I bet we would get better results if we orchestrated all of our efforts. You mean like a centralized process and all of our channels working together? For sure. Whether it's job boards, social, or even texting with candidates. Let's do that. Jobbike.com forward slash evolve. I'll send you the link. Cool. I'm going to finish watching this episode of Bridgerton. I just love it when British people say Chad cheese. It's always fun. (laughs) By the way, shout out to Adam Gordon, who put you and me in kilts as his Facebook profile pic. I'm just mad that he didn't do it a a while ago (laughs) and kept it there. I mean, that's a sexy photo. Dude's married with two kids and he puts us on his profile pic. (laughs) Like he, if he didn't get an earful from his wife for that, he definitely deserves it. Adam, we love you, man. We love you. We love you long time. So, so segue into this last story. I've got a question for you. (laughs) Okay. What's the hardest drug you've contemplated actually taking? I'm not saying that you've actually taken it, but you've contemplated it. Which which one? Okay. So there's one of my favorite shows is Shameless. Okay. And there's an episode where if you've ever seen the show, you'll appreciate this. But so there's an episode on the show where uh, he meets a terminally ill with cancer patient, convinces her to do a bunch of bad drugs because she's going to die anyway. And why uh, not have a good time going out? So they do all the worst drugs. And I'm thinking like, okay, if I were terminally ill, would I do any of these as sort of a, a final F you to the world? Um, and heroin, I would say it would be at the top of my list uh, in terms of what you're asking. Now there are forms of that shit like meth and ice. And I mean, there's oh, some really yeah. bad shit, but no, I hate needles to begin with. So the thought of putting a really bad drug in my body with a needle doesn't really appeal to me whatsoever. Was that a longer answer than you wanted? No, that 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 okay. that works. That 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 works. That uh, okay. I, I can cut that out down. <laughs> <laughs> you you are an evil genius, you and your uh, other Yeah, I have to say that I have thought about psilocybin. No clue what that is. Kind of uh, LSD, uh, okay. more of a they call it uh, obviously a mind expanding type of drug. Is that Molly? Okay. Molly. I don't know if it's Molly. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's really the only one I've never thought about taking heroin, cocaine, any of that shit. I haven't, uh, but I have thought about psilocybin. And it's a psycho yep. psychedelic drug. Okay. Yep. Did you ever do like a little uh ecstasy back in the day? That was really that was big when we were teenagers. Yeah, no. One. No. I was I was too much of a straight arrow. Shit, I didn't start drinking until I was in my mid to late twenties. Mid to late twenties? Yep. Okay. You are a straight guy. Yeah. I didn't drink until college and then it was like Katie bar the door. I, I made up <laughs> for any lost time. Uh anyway. We digress. We digress. There's a story out of Columbia University. Uh, our buddy Suresh might know this guy. More than His likely. His name is Carl Hart. He's a professor of psychology and neuroscience. He chairs the psych department. He seems like a well-adjusted man. He's 54. He has, yeah. He's married and the father of three. 
And he says, quote, in a story from the New York Post, there aren't many things in life that I enjoy more than a few lines by the fireplace. That's lines of heroin, by the way, kids, by the fireplace at the end of a day. Like vacation, sex, and the arts, heroin is one of the tools that I use to maintain my work-life balance. We've been doing it wrong, everybody. It's not about technology <laughs> and some sort of an engagement app for employees. Just give them lines of heroin. That's the work-life balance. So this made me think of the TV show Fringe. Have, have you ever seen that? No. Sounds good, though. Fringe. Okay, so, so, so you and I actually were in the... Austin airport when I pointed out a dude who was behind us in security and mm-hmm. said, that guy is the prof- professor on fringe. His name is John Noble. You remember, you remember going through and, and you I not- remember, I remember that moment. Yes. Okay. And I was like, I've never seen fringe and I've still never seen it since you told me. John Noble actually plays a fringe scientist on that show. And he's always doing some type of hard drug. And uh, I automatically thought, yeah, that's that's fucking Professor Bishop right there. Too easy. Guy just wants to expand his brain and live the life, the one life that he's got, the way he wants to live it. Yeah, yeah. He also does Molly and Meth, which oh. is additionally interesting. Uh, the heart sites. America's founding documents and their promise of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is reasons for having the choice to snort lines, smoke weed, and expand his mind. Oddly enough, Columbia did not return any requests for comments <laughs> on Professor Hart's statements. Uh, this is why tenure is a great thing. Without tenure, people can't say crazy shit like this in public. That's exactly right. <laughs> Thank God we can't be fired. Good times, everybody. Yes. Now it's time to get uh, one of those more accessible drugs, alcohol, and uh, start to produce this fucking podcast. It's five o'clock somewhere, baby. We out. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? The podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know, and yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses, and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.